Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dash, Rinko Levers. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I could not be more delighted that you're here. And as James and I were just talking before the show, he can't stand any of you. So <laughs> just imagine which host is the one that you like the best. And James, I, let me just begin the show by asking, how are you doing, man? I am in disbelief because here lately, <laughs> people are actually listening to this show, and I don't know how to feel about that. Like, our numbers <laughs> out of nowhere are going up. And it's like, okay, on the one hand, finally we're getting you know some actual listens. On the other hand, we have been putting out a really low-quality product under the assumption yeah. that nobody would hear this. <laughs> and now there's just this huge body of evidence that we should have buried, and now people are going to find out everything that's wrong with us. So we have, we have really let down ourselves and the public, and now our, our shame is spreading. I don't know if we should feel apologetic for that or angry that this is what people consider quality entertainment nowadays. And that is truly an indictment, possibly of the public school system, possibly of what social media has done. But it is how everything has been dumbed down to the level of wrong and wronger, James. You know what? Maybe it's the opposite issue. So my kids, like, they, mm. they watch YouTube rather than scripted TV. They're, we have every streaming service known to man. You can watch Netflix shows with budgets of millions of yeah. dollars yeah. and the best writers out there and all that. And they just turn up their noses at that. And they, <laughs> they, they go and they watch some garbage YouTuber reacting to videos from other YouTubers. Like, the lower the quality, the more they love it. So maybe hmm. we find finally gotten so bad that we've gone <laughs> below the threshold <laughs> that we're so terrible we're good and now perhaps young children Ooh. somewhere are like are enjoying our podcast ironically that's the only thing i can think to explain it possibly you can describe our show then as campy like uh, horror movies that are so bad they're good like maybe that's our podcast james that's true so in that case i would like to congratulate you for really dragging us down i thought you were holding us back but actually it's like an odometer rolling over we went so far down that now we're at the top so how about that <laughs> i am crazy like a fox but on that theme, James, I yes. did look up because somebody on Twitter mentioned that we have had we've put out like 76 hours and 49 minutes of content Holy or something. Cow. But uh, that's just for wrong and wronger. That's not including 10 minutes. But I looked up what our all time number of downloads is for just the audio version of wrong and wronger. And uh I, I'm curious what your guess would be, and I'm I'm taking a risk here because if your guess is way higher, I'm going to disappoint everybody. But I have the number of what our all-time downloads is rounded to the nearest thousand. Do you do, do you want to venture a guess? Man, yeah. See, you're going to make me do math. I'm going to have to estimate. So <laughs> we've had a few episodes that got kind of big, but we also have a lot of episodes that like straight up nobody listened to. Yeah. So yeah. Judy P is like, what was that one again? So yeah. But the, you know, but oh man, you're going to make me think. So if we had a thousand listens per episode, that'd be 76,000. And I think okay. most episodes were probably well under that. 
But then there were some that were over it. So I'm going to you know what? We're just going to we're going to say 100,000. That's going to be my guess. Well, first of all, you uh, you made one error in your judgment there. You said 76 episodes. We've actually had like 254 episodes or something <laughs> you like said that. 76 hours. That's okay. That's yeah. right. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to keep my guess the same. <laughs> just kidding. Just roll with it. <laughs> well, I'm trying to spoon feed you the correct answer because it's interesting how this shook out. We really do average about a thousand listens per episode because we are right now sitting at 255,000 downloads for our really show. you know there yeah. there are some podcasts i know like the lore podcast uh, that guy he went viral with his first four and like uh in like his first like six weeks of putting out a podcast he had like a million listens and here we are we've been doing this for like yeah. four years now something like that we made it for two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. i mean that is more than one or two i mean I, we got to give ourselves props for that uh, but it is certainly not up there with the big boys. We are well below the threshold where podcasts make money, and that's okay because neither you nor I does this for financial gain or for any other reason that we can figure out. We just come on that's here right. because we come on here. It is what we do for reasons that no one can explain. It's like it's like an old religious ritual. We've been doing it for so long. It's just built in. You assume that's the way things are supposed to be. Yeah, but what if somebody says the emperor is naked? Like, what if somebody really challenges us and says, why are you guys wasting your time with this? If Judy P is the only listener, sure, she does listen a thousand times per week, but <laughs> what really is the end game? You know what? I, I wonder about that with everything I do, though. You know, what's the end game of Twitter? Well, to sell books. So what's what's the end game of selling books? Well, to sell more books. Like, you just there is no end game after a point. Why do you, you know, you just you just do everything you do until you die. That That's where we're at here. You can't assign meaning or purpose to it. We're, we're going to se- descend into full nihilism this episode. And I think, I think. If you were to look up nihilism in the dictionary, you would find this podcast. I mean, today, we used to have, like, a 10-second production meeting before we started. We didn't even have yes. a 10-second production meeting. Because so I knew we were going to come on here, we were going to make fun of each other, <laughs> probably talk about the podcast itself, because, you know, it's just you got that solipsism going. And then, after that, we'd probably go back to your ranch, where things, I'm sure, after your good turn last week, have resumed falling apart. And that's really... Oh, my God. That, that's really all you need for a solid 20 five minute episode in and out no thought to it whatsoever and based on your reaction it sounds like i was right do you have some hidden disasters i don't know about yet yeah this is potentially a bad one and Ooh. i'll tell you what it used to be charming it's getting to be exhausting because <laughs> now we have no water what? on the ranch again and we can't figure out why it's not working so we got a guy coming out to look at it today, but we couldn't move in over the weekend because it was one of those reveal moment of truth moments, too, because we had to complete the shower, which I'm sure everybody remembers that fiasco. But Mrs. Steve did it. She went in and completed the shower. I had gone outside prior and turned off the water mm -hmm. to the cabin. So she's like, all right, we got to go to the cabin. I can't turn the ball valve. You got to get that. She actually broke off the handle of the ball valve, but I'm like, okay, I'll get it done. So I got myself down into the ball valve pit, and I can't, first of all, say ball valve enough times. But <laughs> number two, turned the ball valve, and then we went into the bathroom, and you could sort of hear the hallelujah chorus starting to pipe up, and the lights were turned down, though. We had a little bit of wine that was chilling, and she turned the shower handle, and there was nothing. 
and we're like, oh, crap. And uh, everywhere in the cabin. So then we went to the little cabin, thinking maybe just the big cabin is cut off. Little cabin, no water. And uh, I'm turning the ball valve off and on, off and on. We've got several ball valves in line because we couldn't get enough ball valves in the cabin. You know the history of that cabin, James. And you understand why we need a number of ball valves. But I went out to the street. The city hadn't turned off our water and the meter was dead. So it wasn't leaking anywhere. So I don't know what happened. The theory right now is that the ball valve broke, which is bad because now we have to cut it out, put a patch kit in and a new ball valve. Somebody needs to keep account of how many times I say ball valve in this episode. But we couldn't move in. We have no water, and that is indeed a crisis. And I'm really getting tired of one effing thing after another going wrong with this place. And it's not just little things like, ooh, I don't like the cut of that jib, but it's major things. Electrical, water, structural. Like, God, it just is wearing me the hell out. So... Ball yeah. valves. Ching, <laughs> <laughs> we got another one. <laughs> I guess I, I, I'm assuming it's a. I, I, I'm picturing like something that looks like a trailer hitch, like a ball at the top of the thing, and you twist. Like what? What is a describe a ball valve to me? Now that you've used that word 75 times, it is officially half of the words in this podcast, including is and the and everything else. <laughs> what is a ball valve? <laughs> All right. Uh... Did you shoot marbles when you were a kid? No, but I am aware of what marbles are. I can we can, we, right. can we can settle there on that common ground. I, I watch Squid Games. Okay, we're good there. I I don't know what you're talking oh, about. You're such a... So we had things called steelies, which were ball bearings. Yeah, and uh, they were marble-sized ball bearings. So picture a steely with a hole drilled through it. So okay. if you put your eye to the hole, you can see through the hole. Okay. Right? Yeah. If you rotate it 90 degrees, you now have a solid steel wall looking at you. Oh, I got you. So, so you th- yes. you think so I'm you you twist it you're you're thinking whatever turns that snapped off and it's still in the closed position. Correct. Gotcha. But it when you when I turn it it feels like the entire ball bearing is turning underneath. So I am skeptical that that's the problem, but I will be thankful if that's the problem because at least we have a face on the enemy. It could be I'm serious because we we have a, an in-floor heating system that circulates hot water through the floor. So there's a number. There's probably without exaggerating, we probably have 10 ball valves inside the house. And then uh, the one main ball valve outside, and then the city has a ball valve at the street. So all of those are have to work in conjunction. I think they're all on, and we still have no water, which means the outside one could be ruined. My hope is that I'm missing something simple, and it's just a, a quick turn of a ball, and we will be fine. But for now, we have no water. Steve? I just had yeah. an epiphany. This doesn't happen yeah. often, especially with you. I feel like I get dumber by the second in these conversations. But right here, <laughs> well, I just had a moment of insight as if from the heavens. So I'm going to tell a story. And it's going to seem okay. like it's going to be completely unrelated. And at the end of it, it's just going to open your yeah. eyes. It's probably not going to make you feel oh. any better. But it's going to open oh. your eyes. And you're at least going to understand why things are the way they are. So oh. okay. you read my newsletter. And you know that once upon a time, I had a van. 
and I drove I, this van oh. into the ground, and things yeah. just kept going wrong with it. Uh, like the electrical yeah. system would fail, and they'd replace everything, and it would just randomly shut off, and they couldn't find anything wrong. And then the uh, the oil just disappeared. There was no leak underneath it. It wasn't burning <laughs> oil. Uh, they they filled it up. We went to like three different places. They couldn't figure out why the oil was going. It just it just disappeared into the ether. And then uh, when I finally got rid of it I, I agreed to with a dealership to take it uh the the electrical system failed one last time i had to get it towed with two days left of my ownership of the van so anyway over the course of the newsletter and all these things my, my theory was that since there was no mechanical explanation for anything the idea was that it was haunted there was a demon in this van tormenting me and then i got rid of the van and i wondered to myself where will this demon go well steve i found it it's at your house it's in your water line your water simply disappeared like my oil you sir have been cursed by my very own personal van demon and uh i hope you enjoy it it, it will not go away until you sell that property to somebody else and then it will have to once again jump ownership so i am sorry that you are haunted but also delighted because now that i know that it's down there, I don't have to worry about it up here. Well, uh, two things. One, uh, you did mention you will be visiting at some point, <laughs> so I will gladly hand the football back to you. But number two, you have reminded me that my truck has been in the shop oh. since the last time we recorded Wrong and Wronger because I tried to fix the brakes only to f make it even worse because when I jacked up the car, the truck, the truck is extremely heavy. It's an enormous truck. And they don't really tell you where to jack it up. And so where <laughs> I jacked it up was not quite strong enough to support the weight of the vehicle. And so it collapsed a little bit. And the force going upward crushed something in the engine of the truck. And all of this fluid came leaking down. <laughs> Now, it was red fluid, which I assume is power steering. But the interesting thing is, so I took it to the mechanic who initially told me two things. One, the brake pads I bought for the front brakes were not the correct pads for this truck, which was fine because I couldn't get the calipers off anyway. That means nothing to you, but some of them might know what I'm talking about. And number two, the front brakes were fine. That it was the back <laughs> brakes that were screwed and they had to replace everything. So... The expense keeps going cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. But the bottom line and the funny thing that has a lot to do with your poltergeist is they couldn't find anywhere that was leaking. They assumed that it was the hydraulics in my jack that blew out until I sent them a picture of red fluid on the face of the jack. So it couldn't have come from inside the jack and landed on top of it. Anyway, they can't figure out what was leaking, and I'm sure it's something that will come back and haunt me when I'm on the interstate going through Indianapolis, and my truck will die exactly where your van died. You know, it won't, because you're going to be stuck in that traffic jam outside your house. Like, you will never get out of your area. The, the, the road there shuts down for like six hours a day. Uh, but yeah. man, this every time I talk to you, I just have more questions than answers. But I'm just going to start with the obvious one. Just why? 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 Why were you working on your Why? own truck? You were a psychologist, a man of the mind. Everything you touch goes wrong. <laughs> your wife's the one who does all the home maintenance projects. Why did you decide to jack up a truck that weighs as much as like six elephants? And not, yeah. I guess you're lucky that failed when it did. You didn't know where to support it. Maybe it can't be supported. Maybe it's too heavy, but you were just going to crawl under this, this massive... Yeah. 
you know, did Mrs. Steve tell you to do this? Did she say, go, go crawl under there and that, uh, <laughs> and just take care of this yourself? Maybe that was her whole plan all along. Sell your old house, move out to the country, get rid of you, collect the life insurance, yeah. and just live a life of yeah. ease in the country. Yeah, well, uh, I'm not ruling that out as a possibility. I will say that I have done a lot of break jobs for people like that <laughs> in my life. I'm pretty good at breaks. So this seemed like a slam dunk to me. The, it, things started going wrong when I couldn't... Uh, our floor jack is buried in a storage unit somewhere. So the 21-year-old girl who's helping Mrs. Steve with construction stuff said, well, I'll bring you a floor jack. And she brought me like a floor jack to that could have probably jacked up Barbie's little convertible Corvette that she has. Like it was a toy that she brought. So I had to run to Walmart and spend a hundred bucks on another three ton floor jack. And then as all of the guys doing our concrete were watching, I completely screwed the pooch on this truck. And uh, it was, there's a lot of amusement on their end that one thing after another kept going wrong with my five minute brake repair job. Oh, by, well, I, there is so much more involved in this. Suffice it to say, I brought my truck in a week ago today. They told me they'd get back to me by Thursday to let me know what it was going to cost. Today's Monday. I still haven't heard from them. So I don't know if they've sold the truck or if they burned it down or if somehow it got worse damaged and they're trying to figure out how to fix it. At this point, Mrs. Steve hates that truck because one thing after another has been going wrong with it. And I guess I can't fix it. And I'm getting to the point where I hate it too, except we need it because we need a truck to start moving things so i'm i'm dead in the water huh see what i did there in more ways than one haven't you had this truck for like a month and a half tops i can't remember if we bought it in august or september but you're damn close man so that uh so you can't you don't have water you don't have a moving vehicle uh, you're right. still not in the house. You thought you were so sure right. you'd be in there this weekend. We should yeah. uh, we should start a pool with our, now that we've got a few listeners out there, we should have like a <laughs> betting thing where we can put down on the calendar what day you think Steve will actually move in. Uh, but I don't, I think, I think the, the most common bet would be never. If we, if we allow people to put money <laughs> on that space with the infinity loop, uh, it's going to be the one that fills up the fastest. No question. Uh, we sold our house on August 12th, which means we've been living in a two car garage since August 12th. And it seems like every week we think next week is the week that we're going to finally move stuff in or start moving stuff in, or now we can move stuff in and we've not moved anything in. Have you considered just making the garage your permanent home? At this point, it seems to be your destiny. I mean, all of the forces in the universe are pushing you away from this property and into the garage. Maybe there's a time to just say, hey, we are where we belong. You know, I could live in a two-car garage and be perfectly content for the rest of my life. Mrs. Steve is growing angrier and angrier about living in the garage. In fact, the landlord, the owner of the house, texted her and said, so uh, I've been telling people that we'll have the space available if we want. If someone wants to rent it for like an office or something. And uh, like around the first of the year, do you think you'll be out by then? And uh, that sent Mrs. Steve into an anger spiral. And because she said, what do you think? And I said, yeah, yeah, we can go another month. Anyway. 
I think we're going to be there probably till the first of the year, but I have no idea and I have high hopes because, oh, she called in the cavalry because apparently I'm not good enough to do all of the home construction. So her dad is coming on Thursday and will stay until whatever needs to be done gets done. He built his cabin, every nail from the foundation up to the roof, and he put solar in it, and he's got water pumps and a well. He's completely off the grid, and he's got like a 1,300-foot cabin that he built by himself. So he knows construction, and she has more confidence in him than in me at this point. Why did you wait until month 75 to bring in the cavalry? What what have you been doing since then? Did you actually not want to move well, in? Were you you know psychologically trying to sabotage this as a subconscious thing? All those years of abuse I've suffered at the hands of Mrs. Steve. Oh. I am now exacting my revenge. No, her father just came back from Colorado. So he's, he summers out there and then he has a place in Mississippi because he can't get to his place in the winter. It snows like like yards of snow and the road closes down. So he has to move to a house in Mississippi in the winter time. And then in the spring, he moves back out to Colorado. It uh, doesn't seem like the right solution. I mean, surely they don't just abandon the state in the winter. Is he like on top of a mountain or something? Yes. Literally on top of a mountain. So you... you yeah, hanging off the side, yeah. <laughs> and your uh, your uh, camp there is just a tall hill. So to him, this is like a big... You know, this is this is like the little leagues for him. He can handle a tall hill. He can... Now, oh, I, I, does he Does yeah. he know his way around a ball valve, though? I can't speak for him, James Breakwell. <laughs> but... After all of the work that I was doing yesterday, I can handle a ball valve with velvety hands. That's what I can say. Do you think maybe it's, so you said there's like a line of ball valves, right? Like eight yeah. or nine. Yeah. Do you think maybe it's not the one you think that's broken? It's like a later ball valve that's lulled you into a false sense of security and that's the one that's twisted out of place? It's possible, save for two things. One, I didn't touch any ball valve except the one outside. So I don't know how one could magically become screwed up. But number two, the trick with ball valves is if the handle is facing parallel with the pipe, the ball valve is open. So you can tell just by looking at it if the valve is open or closed. If it's perpendicular to the pipe, that means the ball is closed. But you had running water in both cabins until you closed this valve, correct? Literally, yes. And yes. then after that, you had no running water anywhere. Like nothing is moving. Yeah. Yeah. So it would seem that you broke the water. I mean, that that's the obvious solution. <laughs> that You the broke water. the water. <laughs> nothing more technical is needed. I had uh, something a little bit similar happen with uh, my, my hose outlet outside. I've got it hooked up for water, and I use it to fill up the pig trough and to water my, my uh, landscaping and all of that. And so, at one point, it just the water just cut off and I hadn't changed anything. All I had done is like what you did. I twisted it on and off. And there's actually inside of a, a spigot uh, for, for yeah. like a hose, there's some sort of like screen or uh, filter in there that uh, it has to be there per environmental regulations or something. And it had come loose and gotten wedged in there somehow and just cut off the flow of water. And the plumber came out and he just pulled that piece out and he's like, for a hundred bucks, I can put a new one in or we can just leave it. And so me, <laughs> you know exactly which solution I chose. And that water runs amazingly now. Ah, so it's like a kidney stone. It just got sort of caught up in the works there. Yeah, exactly. It was supposed to, yeah, it was supposed to 
make things better and it actually broke the whole system. So I don't know if there, maybe there's a piece that came off of it somehow. I mean, it doesn't sound like there's supposed to be any other pieces, but I had no idea this piece was inside a hose spigot. I thought the hose spigot was just a metal hole, but turns out there was a lot more going on in there than I thought. All of it bad. All of it bad and... Uh... I don't know. <laughs> you had we'll a transition there. You, you, here. <laughs> you, you were I, you were building up to something. I feel like you knew what it was at the last second. You didn't take the jump. You, you got scared oh, and backed off. I looked at the time and I thought, really, does anyone want to hear about my misery? Oh, Obviously we not. do. Are you sitting on more stories we didn't get to today? <laughs> we we certainly could be. They have to do with coyotes, poop, and darkness. Ooh, I put a pin in that one for now. Man, we, so next episode we need to not spend ninety five minutes patting ourselves on the back about our eight <laughs> listens. We need to just get to the disasters faster. <laughs> uh, people might be wearing thin of all of this stuff. They just want to hear leprechauns and rainbows and and unicorns. And so uh, maybe next week we can hear all about head lice. You say you say that, but yet for the first time ever or the first time in years, our listens are suddenly going up unless it's not the recent episodes they're listening to. They're like picking random episodes from a year and a half or two years back, back when we did completely different things than we do now. Who knows? I'm not going to dive into the data. I doubt you will either. So we will just never know the answer to that question. But you can sit on pins and needles in the meantime, and that's what we're definitely going to do, because James and I, we pour over podcast planning and history during the interim. Well, until we actually go live again, and all of the planning and all of the prayers and the training and the vitamins come to fruition, this is Steve Olivas, Dr. Steve for James the Exploding Unicorn Breakwell, saying thank you to all of you for recommending this show to a friend. Or Judy P. watching with her husband for the other 999 times. But until we meet again, so uh, Steve for James saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and until we come face to phone one more time, two wrongs can't, I almost gave my other outro, two <laughs> wrongs can make a right. <laughs>